This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Where's that dust coming from? Still finding debris after vacuuming? Eufy X10 Pro Omni Robot Vacuum has 8,000 PA of powerful suction to remove debris deep in carpets. And it's totally hands-free. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com. That's E-U-F-Y.com and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799. Hello, everyone. It's your favorite podcast host here, Joe Redman, just letting you know that the TalkSport Fan Network is now proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Football on the Sports Social Podcast Network is brought to you by BetVictor, where new signings are guaranteed a great debut. Join and choose your welcome offer at betvictor.com. 18 plus, begambleaware.org. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that you can stay close to your team even if you don't live in their town. Like, maybe you're a Raven who married a Seahawk who got a job in the land of the Falcons. With NFL Sunday Ticket, you can watch your team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games no matter where you live. Because you shouldn't have to change teams, even if you change towns. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. We're going to build a train so big, it can't be stopped. From the executive producers of Power. We got enemies eyeing us, cops clocking us. Comes the new season of Power Book 4, Force. Tommy Egan is the linchpin to bringing down all of these gangs. Egan's too dangerous to be left alive. Power Book 4, Force. Game over. Premieres Friday, September 1st, only on Stars and the Stars app. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time of day it is that you're listening or watching. Or watching this latest episode of Turfcast Podcast with me, Joe Remond, and my good friend Simon Townlet. Why on earth did you look so confused then? Because for some strange reason, I've got I thought, do I say or listening? And then you said listening, or and it just threw me. I just got confused. You, you looked, honestly, I don't, I'm not saying you look that confused for a long time. I, it caught me off guard. I was ready to say listening for some strange reason, even though we've done 48 episodes and I don't love saying that. Yeah, yeah, uh, there or thereabouts. Anyway, um, how are you, mate? All good? All good. Fantastic. Uh, Euros, get ready for the next round now, so I can't wait. Yeah, England are obviously in the quarterfinals. We'll get on to that, uh, into the uh, yeah quarterfinals. I was going to say semifinals. It's because I'm... In my head, I'm already halfway there. Um, but let's not get ahead of ourselves, even though I've already I've not even I've not even got ahead of myself in the sense that I'm booked like 
plans for the final, which which I have done, just in case. I've even been messaging people saying, well, we'll probably have a trophy parade, so we'll have to go down there. That's how far ahead of myself I am now. That's It's it's just, I'm off the scale ahead of myself. Um, but before we get ahead of ourselves on the podcast, it is, of course, the quarterfinals this week, and they start tomorrow. Uh, two games on Friday and two games on Saturday, I believe, where the last game, uh, we'll get into them. Um, I say tomorrow, at the time of recording this tomorrow, obviously when you're listening to it, because it's coming out on Friday morning, you'll probably all be listening to it on Friday, um, so then they'll start today. Um, but we'll go back and have a look at the um, quarterfinals that started, which started a long time ago, it feels like, all the way back on the 26th of June as Wales took on Denmark. Now, I expected Denmark to win this one, but I didn't expect them to win it so comfortably. Wales just didn't turn up. I've, or having said that, I think Denmark played really well, to be fair. Yeah, it was um, it were key moments in the game and deciding factors. And I mean, I was slightly disappointed in the Welsh reaction because they seemed to act like they was sort of victimised to a point. Like, oh, it was clearly a foul for the first goal, and then the second goal wouldn't have happened if so and so had happened. And I just thought, hang on a minute, but you're clutching at straws here. You, you, it was a fifty-fifty game till that first goal, maybe, yeah. but it. For me, what happened was they self they self destructed. They, they tried too hard. They were losing their heads. The cool had gone. Uh, yeah, it was disappointing because, like, I, you know me, I don't really mind the Welsh. I like the GB teams doing well. But uh, yeah, I was disappointed to see the way the manner of the defeat. But I know that you won't have been. No, I was. I was disappointed because I, I like to watch a good football game. I'm, I'm I'm happy they went out. Of course I am. But I'm, I won't, I won't even go as far as saying I'm happy because. It's not something I'd have lost sleep over if they'd have won. I'm not like one of these Scotland fans that genuinely hates England that much that they will lose sleep over it if we win the tournament. When Wales got to the... Uh, I think I actually celebrated one of their goals in the last tournament. All right, it was a Sam Vaux goal. But still, you know, uh, that shows how much I'm not overly bitter if they do well. But um, I did want to see a good game of football. Uh, and I think in the first 20, 25 minutes, it, it was it were a decent game of football, like you said, 50-50. But then the Danes got that goal, and then after that, it, it were pretty much just just all Denmark. And I don't know. Obviously, Denmark are missing the talisman, and they'll miss him forever. Um, I don't think that's been confirmed yet, but it's looking like Ericsson won't play again. Um, but Wales still had Ramsey and Bale, and, and I expected more from Wales. I did. I expected more from Wales, but I'm happy to see Denmark through, not just because of the England fan factor, um, because of everything they've been through this tournament, and they have kind of become my second team, up until the semi-final, of course. Um, if we get there and if they get there, uh, then they'll be my most hated team. Um, but, you know, it, it is good to see them do well in it, to be fair. Yeah, I like it. I like... Uh, I listened to Stuart Pearce talk about the Olympics that are coming up uh, and they were they were asking him, like, oh, you know, what, what, where does the Olympics sort of gauge for football? And expecting him almost to diminish the, the fact that it's just like a, you know, an afterthought, maybe. But he yeah. basically said that five of the team that he picked were Welsh and never played in a major competition and people like Giggs and people like that. And it would be a shame to see some of them players not get to play in a major tournament. Uh, so, yeah, I, I do I do wish them well and i like to see them progress because some of them players are probably end up playing for Burnley. You never know. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, it seems like ages ago done it that game. But obviously later on that day, um, Italy against Austria. Now, 
I think we predicted all of these, didn't we? I think we both predicted an Italy win, but they made it hard for themselves, didn't they? Um, I'm still not Italy's biggest fan. I don't. They, they've not come up against a good test yet. Belgium's going to be their test, and we'll get into that. And I've been saying ever since they won their second game that I've mapped it out. And I'm like, well, they're going to play Belgium in quarterfinals. I've always said they'll get beat by Belgium in quarterfinals. That's a massive. That's the, that's that's the game of the the quarters. I cannot wait for that one. That I'm, I'm looking forward to that one. I'm not really looking forward to the England one because I know I'll be a nervous wreck, but I'm really looking forward to that one. But Italy made it hard for themselves against Austria. Obviously, only got the win in extra time. But obviously, the flip side of that is it's knockout football. And as long as you get the win, you get the win. That's all that matters. But again, for me, I've I'm watching Italy again there and, and not really feeling too worried or being overly impressed about them. I still think... Italy are a good international side, like one of the top international sides. There's no argument about that, I don't think, from anybody. Um, and I, they've been even better than I thought they would be in this Euros. Yeah, I'd agree Grant, with that. I would agree with that. Granted, that the, the last performance might not have uprooted any trees, but I think Belgium and Italy, it's not going to be a 4-3. It's not going to be a, you know, a 3-2, in my opinion. It's going to be a 1-0 sort of game. Uh, and you'd expect an Italy to, to put a good performance in defensively. Let's see if if they can break Belgium down because they're looking pretty fucking good at the minute. If I'm honest with you, they 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 were my, one of my favourites from day one. As you know, we were speaking about this in the group chat, and I think Belgium would be hard to beat for any team. So unfortunately for Italy, I think this might be the end of the road. But it's it is a good Italy side. We're watching better than I thought they were. Yeah, I agree with that. And obviously, we'll go more into the the quarters in in the, the in the latter part. But obviously, for the for the Austria game, I know you said they didn't pull up any trees, but uh, and and they were missing the captain as well. Name escapes me off the top of my head. Um, but they just didn't seem to have as much flaw going forward, did they? Now, obviously, I think I kind of know what's happened there. Everyone's seen how good Italy are going forward. So Austria have set up a bit more defensively than some of the other teams would have done um, that have played them. But still, it's on them to break them down and. I think a better side would have broken them down before the 95th minute or whatever it was. I, I just feel like Italy, I, I, I thought they were going to go through, but I thought they would have done better. Do you know what? It was, it's interesting because, again, we're, we're doing exactly what the media do. But I heard a radio show and they were talking about uh, the forgotten team of the Euros are playing Italy. And then I was like, oh, who's he on about? And then he was like, obviously Austria. I'm like, oh, shit, obviously Austria is still in it. And, it, and it's true, we kind of treat them with a disrespect, but they played really well in this tournament. And if Arnautovic could just rein in a little bit, then he'd be a world-class player, but he is a fucking liability, unfortunately. Yeah. He is an, he, on his day, he's unplayable, mate. He was really good in this competition. Don't get me wrong, I don't know what that celebration was about that got him knocked out for one of the games, got him suspended, but... Uh, yeah, he, he, he's a good player, and they've got some good. They've got Alaba, is it on the left? Um, they, yeah, they played really well, mate. And, and I was surprised how well they played, but unfortunately, the end of the road for them. Yeah, unfortunately for Austria, they are out. Um, next game, it was the first shock of the um, oh, what a game round of 16. Uh, but it was a very good game, of course. It was Netherlands against the Czech Republic, the Czech Republic coming out 2 0 winners. On that, um, obviously, Delic getting sent off. What did you think of that sending off? First of all, because it, it, I think we've spoken. I know, I'm, I know, I know what you're going to say because I've, I've already asked you. I kind of ruined like the magic of the podcast there. Um, obviously, we, I think you rang me up as it were on. Um, but it's, it's one of the, a more experienced defender lets them score yeah. there, doesn't it? 
Yeah, I think because he got a nudge in the back as he was going down, he's done that annoying continental football thing where they, they flail their arms about and then grasp the ball yeah, in. To make it look like it. he's just fallen into the ball. It kind of that might have like worked was... 25 years ago, but when you can slow it down and see you look at it like that and then yeah, move yeah, your hand yeah. towards it on VR, it do not work anymore. The problem is, right, when I watch that goal, uh, sorry, the, 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 the foul and then the, the handball, he's just screamed and then got Ugh, like that. And, I, and like you said, a more experienced player would probably let that one go, scream and hope that he got a free kick. And in my opinion, yeah. in my opinion, if he did not handball that and he'd have gone on to score, the fact that he got pushed in the back and then screamed, the VR would have considered whether it was a foul or not. Because, I mean, every single goal has been analysed for every single Yeah, they part. definitely looked at it. Whether or not, I don't think it was a foul. I, I just think he's, he's, excuse me, he's got he's got his body the wrong way around and he's off balance because he's trying to get back. And then that's when he gets the nudge and that's yeah. why he falls down. So he falls down because he's off balance. Um, but you never know with referees these days. Obviously, sometimes they give stupid decisions, but I do think the refereeing has been pretty good so far in this tournament. And let's just take our hats off there for a second because you won't see us saying that very often uh, at any football fans or even here on Turfcast. Um and even the VAR has been very, very good until the English refs used it. And then it took the piss again, like 15 minutes to to, to obviously, um, I can't remember who would do it. But Stuart Atwell, it was Stuart Atwell, weren't it, on, on one of the VAR systems. It took forever. But of course, till it got sent off, we both agree, it probably was red. Uh, yeah. And then Czech Republic capitalised um, goals in the 68th and 80th minute. Um, Schick again, by the way, easing, easing with a very good shout of the... Um, golden boot here because I think at the minute Ronaldo's leading it on five and I think Schick and Sterling are both on three uh, Lukaku will have a few goals as well but he's been one of the surprises of the tournament hasn't he Schick? Yeah he, um, he do you know what, it's like they've got better as the tournament's gone on I, thought, I don't think anyone can argue that I think they were down and out for me they were a bang average side but all of a sudden now if we progress further and get them I'd, I'd take them a lot more seriously than I will be doing the Ukraine side, let's put it that way. Even though we've already played them, we've already beat them, we, we should beat them again. I'm looking at them now and thinking, you know what, they're, they're coming better as the race goes to the end. Yeah, some teams do. I think I think we've kind of done that. Um, yeah. I think I think we've all sort of like grown, obviously we'll get into our game in a bit, but I, I'm just using it as an example. I think we've all, as fans and as the team, have grown into the tactics. At first we were all like, what the fuck is this? It's so slow. It's boring. It's pedestrian. Now we're like, just wait. Yeah, and then but they bring Grealish on. Bring Grealish on. That this tournament will get this game. Sorry, this tactic will get better as this tournament goes on. We've said yeah, that because fair, it's not made for the teams that we were playing. It's made for your Spain, your Germany, your France. That's what it was made for. They're all gone now, though. So. Yeah, well, Spain not, but um, they oh, will yeah, be yeah. Um, if they play us. But if they're playing us, they're playing us at final because on the other side of the tournament. Um, after that, later that day, it was, uh, again, probably one of the, the biggest games in, in terms of like the two teams' stature uh, of the round. It was, of course, Belgium against Portugal. Belgium come out 1-0 winners on this one. Not very surprised, really. But Portugal are decent, but Belgium... Uh, a better, uh, the number one ranked team in the world, uh, to be fair. But um, only only got through 1-0, but Portugal didn't really play horrendously. I just thought Belgium were the better side. But what a goal from Hazard. And 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 it's not Eden, it was the brother, Thorgan. And he's, yeah, Thorgan, is that how you say it? Um, is, is he now the better Hazard? Because Eden's been off for so long. He, he just seems yeah. to be the one that's, that's doing the bits. 
as the kids say. I definitely think that. I mean, let's be fair. Is if we're going to like a tennis version uh, as a comparison, Andy Murray's like 150th ranked in the world right now. But that's not necessarily because of his ability; it's because of the way he's currently playing in in the game. He's 95-year-old hip as well. And if you look at Torgan and Eden right now, Torgan is the better Hazard, absolutely, because he's playing more, he's been consistent, and he's uh, he's scoring worldies in the Euros, mate. So yeah, I'd say he is. Yeah, and what do you think of that game then? Obviously, Belgium, for me, I think, deserved it. Portugal, uh, they deserve to lose, I think. They deserve to lose. Yeah, I think for all the roughing and puffing, Belgium never really looked that concerned, in my opinion, on that game. Yeah. I think I think it was a good game management. They aren't a team that wants to... Well, I'm assuming they want to turn people over, but if you know what I mean by that is, yeah. if you look at Italy, like they, they were considered as a 1-0 Kings before the competition because of the Mancini's tactics. Um, and I think that Belgium are coming across as that team for me at the minute. They just want to get that goal and say, right, break us down. Now. At the minute, they're, they're proving very difficult. Uh, so, yeah, I don't think that Portugal did enough, uh, evidently, with the score, but I genuinely think that Belgium didn't even try really that hard to, to keep them out. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, good to see. But I, like, I, like, I kind of like Belgium. Um, I've, I've got mad respect for them. They've got loads of decent players and stuff. Obviously, ranked number one in the world for a reason. Um, and they're one of these sides that's never really done done anything international level. So, um, yeah, I think it's good to see them doing well at the minute. Obviously, again, when we play them in, in the final, sorry for any non-English fans listening, if we play them in the final, um, I'll probably start despising them, um, uh, especially the beaters. Um, but, yeah. Um, next game after that it got into like the, the really good day like the really really good day obviously it was first of all Croatia 3 Spain 5 now that only tells half the story because uh, first off it was uh, Croatia went 1-0 up and then yeah. Spain equalised and then it just went absolutely mad and I was furious right because at half time I was like sorry I'll go to the gym I had missed one game in this entire tournament not one game in this entire tournament. So, like, 45 minutes ain't going to work. It's probably going to finish 2 or 3 1 to Spain, and I won't really be missing too much. But, of course, not long after the first half, uh, sorry, the half time whistle, uh, Spain took the lead through Aspilicueta. Uh, then they went 2 1 up on the 77th minute through Torres. Then it all the hell broke loose. I remember checking my phone at the gym and seeing 3 1 Spain and thinking, oh, for God's sake, Spain are going through. Because I'm in full England mentality now. I want all the good teams to go out. So we do yeah. well. Just like when you're a Burnley fan, you want you know teams around you to lose. So I were a little bit annoyed. Then I checked it again, expected it just to say 3 1 full time. And it was like 100 and sorry, like the 98th minute. I was like, what? What happened? And I checked. And obviously, Croatia scored twice to take it into extra time. What a game. And I, I'm gutted to say that that's the only game so far that I've missed. Yeah, what what a game. It almost looked like Spain disrespected it to a point. They got to a point where I think they thought they'd won it. But do you know that like buzz that a team gets when they score and there's like 10 minutes left or five minutes left and then and the pressure's piling on and you start thinking, yeah, actually, they're going to get that. something here. They're actually going to get something here. And Spain... I thought they, I thought they were going to buckle in extra time, but they just, felt, they just got to kick up the arse. I don't know whether it's Croatia run out of steam. Yeah. Um, or Spain just got another gear, but something happened in that extra time. However, another five minutes on that game, mate. If that was in the 85th minute when that went, I think they'd have got Croatia would have gone all in it. Yeah, I would. I would such a shame to see Spain come through that. 
Um, sim- again, simply because of the England perspe- uh, perspective, but I would pretty good to see Spain come through with that. But just going back to what you said, I, I do think Spain... So managed to get back for like the, the last 15 minutes of, of extra time. And I do think Spain had a kick up the arse. So even with even Morata scoring, I think that to me says that you know there's been a kick up the arse there somewhere. Because even Morata's on the score though. sheet. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um so he was but, he, he's had he's had a few chances in this tournament and, and again not obviously bagged, and then he's he's managed to get a goal there. So that that to me suggests that maybe they had a kick up the arse and, and you know when he got to full time they were like, Oh shit, we could lose this here. Yeah, and to be respectful to Spain, you know, one of the goals he conceded was a horrendous mistake by the goalkeeper. He went to control it under his foot and it went straight under into the net. Um, yeah, so, I did see you know, that. So, take, take that goal out of the equation, would it have even got to that phase? It probably wouldn't, to be fair. So, you know, I think they tried very hard and they almost got there in the end. And I think another five minutes in the first 90, They'd have probably got it, mate. But Spain, like you said, they got a second win. Yeah, and then after that was for me the game the of game the tournament so far. Um, I know level. I missed that. Yeah, well, I know I missed the Croatia game, and that I was gutted. But then I wasn't so bothered later on because I managed to watch what probably is a better game. Obviously, France three, Switzerland four, as it is on air. Of course, it was three three. Uh, in terms of the actual game. that Again, that doesn't tell all, uh, all the story. So Switzerland went 1-0 up on the 15th minute and held out until half-time. They held out until just on the hour mark when Benzema uh, scored twice in quick succession. And can before we go on to the rest of that, that touch from Benzema, delicious, lucky, or a bit of both? I'm not, mate. I, I think you'd be doing him a disservice if you thought that he didn't. Uh, that quality of player who scores them kind of goals for fun in La Liga, I think we'd be doing him a disservice if we didn't say that it was perfectly timed. I do think it was perfectly timed, but I think the, the bounce has gone in his favour. It, it's 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 incredible, but it's not. I th- some people were linking it to, to Bergkamp's against Argentina that time and Bergkamp's against Newcastle. It's not that quality. It's not. It's not of that stature for me. Maybe I'm looking back on that with um, what's the word nostalgia, nostalgic eyes. But them two goals from Bergkamp, it don't come close to them. It's it's a beautiful goal. I remember at the time, like literally creaming myself, not not literally, uh, but creaming myself over the goal. Um, and then seeing it back and thinking, oh, it's good, but is it that good? Uh, but it's still a very good goal nonetheless. Uh, and yeah, then of quality. course, sorry, go on. No, I'm gonna say yeah, quality. And then um, Pogba in the 75th minute, again, game over. I think I ended up not turning it off, Another but you know what I mean, just on your phone. Yeah, <laughs> good point. I forgot about that. and yeah. I forgot about that. And I've also, you've reminded me as well, he did that 15-minute dance when he scored, didn't he? He, yeah. he did a dance, then all these players cuddled him, then all players ran off, and he just stopped, turned around to the fans and started doing all this body pop thing. I remember at the time saying, what are you doing, you dick? Get on with it. And he's thinking there he's like doing a new TikTok dance and becoming a star and all kids are going to do the Pogba. But at the end, obviously, Switzerland end up winning the game and now he just looks like a twat. That's why, think, kids, if you're listening to this, that's why you never do one of them celebrations because if you get beat, you'll look like a twat. I think it's incredible because, like you say, I think he, you can't dance like that and lose the game. You just cannot do it. You can't do no. certain celebrations and lose a game. That That is a perfect example of why you should just rate it. Yeah, 100%. the old Shearer, one hand up in the air. Hundred percent. I just did that then. Just don't wrong with that. Not wrong with that. 
No, wrong with that. Obviously, that was in the 75th minute, though, the Pogba goal. Chris um, Wood Chris Wood Nieslad. Perfect. The Ashley Barnes go mental. They're yeah. all perfectly legitimate ones. The windmill well is running around at Wigan. Be out there. <laughs> yeah. Um, but of course, that wasn't the end of it. Switzerland scored again in the 81st minute and then again in the 90th minute to make it 3 3. Then obviously it went to extra time and Switzerland won on penalties. Obviously, the penalties were so tense. Oh, it was so good. All, right? They were all scored. Every single one of them until the final penalty Summer. when Mbappe, the, the world's golden boy, steps up and he can't even score from 12 yards. What sort of golden boy is that? I know. I want to say, to be fair, Summer, he's a good goalkeeper and uh, he played really well in that tournament so far. Good hand. Yeah. Really good hand. He was a really good hand, wasn't it? Because uh, there were one before when... Russia. Oh, against Colombia. Yeah. Yeah. Because there were one before it, weren't there? Um, Lloris got a hand to one. One of the Swiss penalties, Lloris got a hand to one, but he couldn't keep it out. It went into the net. But obviously, Son has got a, a stronger hand to it and kept it out. So, so good hand, to be fair. I'm giving Mbappe shit. It were on target, at least. That's a bare minimum, but it were a good save. And obviously, the day after, we'll uh, skip past one because we're going to do, obviously, a bigger analysis on it. Uh, and we'll go straight to Sweden, Ukraine, who were playing for the oh, chance man, to beat England. Did you not even it. watch that one? No. But no. we're still too excited about the... Um, yeah, we're buzzing around FaceTime and everybody. Yeah, yeah. I watched it because I was I doing, doing a scouting mission, to be fair. Um, and we're watching it thinking, both of these teams are gash. We don't really need yeah. to worry about any of I them. I did watch um, 20 minutes and think that myself, to be fair. And then I tuned yeah. out. Well, there you go. Like, obviously, I know we could end up shooting ourselves in the foot there, as every England fan normally or does every single four years. Uh, two years, sorry. Or three years in this case. Um, but I watched the first half thinking none of these will do us any problems. The only thing I did think was that I'd rather play Ukraine than Sweden because Sweden looked better at the back. But then, of course, Ukraine ended up winning it in the 121st minute, by the way. It, it was nailed on for penalties. And then they went and won it in the 121st minute. So high drama in that game, Simon Townley. High drama. High drama. It's probably a bit most entertaining game ever at Hamden, even though it was absolutely terrible. Uh, yeah, yeah I'm <laughs> probably was. Of, You're probably uh, right. Yeah. The side, I think Zinchenko, Yarmolenko, people like that are what make that game worth watching. But other than that, that's it, mate, for me. And I do, we'll go into it in a minute when we say about it. But yeah, I'm not looking at that game as a highlight of what was three or four incredible games in the round of 16. Yeah, fair enough. And of course, next is the England game. Now, I've left this till later just because I simply want to have a look at some of the highlights like we do with some of the Burnley games. If you're a podcast regular, um, obviously, we have a look at some of the Burnley games on the highlights and, and, and analyse it through there. Um, now, it started off quite slow, didn't it? I remember tweeting after about 10 minutes. Obviously, we're doing this is the England-Germany game. I remember tweeting about it after about 10 minutes and I said... All Germany so far, a um, little bit worried. And I was at that point. And I say all Germany, they didn't really create anything in the opening 10 minutes. Not that I can remember off the top of my head anyway. Um, but they had a lot of the ball and a lot of possession. Because I think that um, the chance that they had through Werner was later on in the game. But still, they, they had a lot of the ball, didn't they, and a lot of possession. So the first 10 minutes, I was a little bit worried. I'm not going to lie. I was on pins, mate. They came out of the traps a lot faster and a lot more 
calmer than we were. Let's put it that way. Calmer, I think, is a perfect word because for that first 10 minutes, we were frantic. We weren't settling down with the ball. We weren't settling into the game um, at all. There were, there, were, there were three or four times where you just think, fucking hell, just bring it, calm it down a little bit. Like, we're running into yeah. bland, bland alleys. We just, just kept running into cul-de-sacs, didn't we? Just yeah. Picking the ball up and going nowhere with it. And they, every time they got the ball, they were zipping it round. They were... You know, moving us all left, moving us all right, doing everything that you'd want us to do at that first ten minutes. Uh, yeah. But then, like you, like you say, it was about ten minutes, and then the second twenty minutes, uh, as we go to twenty minutes, we started to grow into the game. We started to look more fifty-fifty, uh, and then it started to calm down a bit, and we started being a bit more of an even contest. Yeah, we just we just moved up the pitch, didn't we? I think that was a, yeah. that was that was a, as a collective, we just we just moved up the pitch, and then we were pressing them higher, and then when we were getting possession. It weren't, oh, give it Calvin Phillips or then turn around and pass it back to Maguire or then turn around and pass it back to Pickford and then start again. It were a case of, well, we're in the zone half now. We might as well go forward. Uh, and then we won. We, we did quite well in terms of winning possession back as well because we were higher up the pitch. So we were pressing the Germans quite high and we ended up doing really well. And the first chance that we got came through Sterling, weren't it? It was were from range. Um, but it was a decent effort that forced Noyu into a save. And I thought when he hit that, I thought I was going in. But you know what it's like when you're in these high drama moments, especially when you're watching England. It's um, it's mad, isn't it? And now we're up thinking it's in. And then, you know, it's a comfortable save, to be fair. But, you know, still celebrating and thinking it were in. It is. But I think that was a turning point of, like, letting them know that we were, we are playing. We've arrived. We're not, yeah, we've arrived almost. Because up until that point, we never really did anything. Uh, we never create. I don't have the stats in front of me because I'm not in my thing. But uh, we didn't have as in many shots. Yeah, him shit. We didn't have as many shots as they probably they had. We didn't have as many series. No, no. They, they had they had more ball possession. They had yeah. nine attempts. We had four on target. They only had three. Um, but they yeah. still had more attempts. They had two block shots as well. So the possessions were mainly in the Germans' Germany. favor. But the main like ones, the shots on target and uh, and the goals that count were in our favor. Yeah, do you know that some games you come off it and you think we absolutely battered them and then you look at the stats afterwards and it's like 50-50. Fucking hell, we had like, I felt like we had all the ball. That was a game where I actually felt like Germans had probably the better chances. They probably created more chances and then it, it was it was nerve-wracking, mate. But like you said, when Sterling got the ball, had that shot, it was almost like a kick up the arse and like, come on, the crowd got buzzing. The yeah, give everyone got, a lift in it. Yeah, it was good. It was exactly what we needed at that point of the game. Yeah, not long after that, <clears throat> Maguire with a half chance. He should do better. He should get it on target. That's what Maguire's for when he goes into the opposition box. He's there to to win them headers and get the shot on target. Sorry, the header on target, but of course, he went wild on this occasion. Not for long me, after that, Havertz. Sorry, go on. That is not a half chance. That is a full-on golden opportunity that I was absolutely... That's what I shouted at the time. That's what I shouted at the time. But I, yeah. maybe I'm being, a, maybe I'm looking at him and letting him off a little bit now because we've won. But at the time, I was yeah. like, "That's what you're there for, Maguire. That, That's why you're on the pitch." That for That's me why you're in the was box. a golden opportunity. It was such a fifty p head, weren't it? it yeah, he's he's so good at that. Maguire exactly. was so good at that. Exactly, he mate, you're right. Stepped off. No, I'm not having that. It's it wasn't a half chance, and I'm not being critical of him. I just think another day, another team. Because look how he scores them for Man United every two weeks. From that minute of the national anthem to turning around and he were clapping them all and shouting and cheering and I thought he's fucking well up for it today. Another game that had have been a goal, hundred percent. 
Yep, fair enough. Not long after that, Havers picks the ball up in the middle, sets up Werner. He's got to score. Got to uh, score. What a save. He's got to score. Good save from Pickford. It, it, it's straight yeah. at him, but I'm not doing Pickford a disservice there. It's straight at him because Pickford has, has got out so quickly. He's, he's out. He's, he's there. I'm just watching it again now. Soon as the ball is passed, as soon as he gets it, not as soon as he picks it up, he's there, out, and he's, he's shuffling, he's shuffling, and he cuts the angle down. Anyone and else apart from Werner probably scores uh, that. Well, yeah, maybe, but we can say that about so other strikers on the pitch later on. But um, when he did shoot that, if you look at Pickford, if I remember right, which I've only seen the game live and I'm not, I've not watched it back, but it, it's the way he collapses his legs. Because most strikers there had to put it through your legs or take it round you. And he's yeah. collapsed his legs in a way to say, I think it's a class there. But I think yeah, it is. He's done e- e- everything you want him to do, he's done, done there as Pickford. Um, but I want to, uh, people keep praising England's defence. And of course, four games in, zero goals conceded. They're obviously going to get praise for it. But there were holes in it in this game, weren't there? Because of course, you've yeah. already briefly there mentioned the Muller chance, which we'll get into when, when it arrives on the highlights. Um, but there's chances being created there. And that one was too easy. It was a quick transition from Germany, in fairness, and we were immediately on the back foot. But the other one was our mistake, and that's that's the one that worries me a little bit because there's a li- there has been some of that creeping in in some games from certain players losing possession too easily. Um, so obviously, very good that we've kept clean sheets. And while I'm doing this, I just want to take my hat off to Jordan Pickford as well because obviously we, we've both sat here and said we think Pope should be the number one. Yeah, Burnley bias or not. Um, I do still stand by the fact that Pope had a better season for Burnley than Pickford did for Everton. But it goes back to the old debate about this Pickford and Pope thing. Pickford yeah. has never let Southgate down for England. He always plays well for England, and that's why he's England's number one. He might play shit every three weeks for Everton, but when he wears that England shirt, you, you don't really put in a Joe Hart performance against Iceland, does it? Against Iceland, sorry. He, he always delivers for England. Yeah, I can't, cannot. I mean, there was that save. There was the one where he tips it over the bar that we'll come to in a minute. He was 10 out of 10 this game, mate. Absolutely superb. Yeah. He's been fantastic all tournament, so can't really, but going to the, can't really uh, say going anything. Going back to the comment of the, the we, there were holes in the back, but we, we played a match-up game. We played, both played three at the back. Both played the, the wing-backs. And unfortunately, yeah. when you play that, it becomes a three-on-two scenario. So there's always going to be a gap through the middle of the defence. Um, so I'm not too concerned that we 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 had the holes. I'm a little bit concerned about the the pace that they had uh, compared to us in defence. Like we, yeah, we, the we pace that we don't them. seem to have. Yeah, yeah the, Maguire and Stones have never been known as the fastest, have they? Uh, I'm sure no. stats could prove me wrong on that. Because um, there's some some players that that don't look fast, but the actual stats. You're like, Jesus, he, he's rapid. I'd say Chris Wood's probably a good example of that because yeah. people don't tend to think he's fast. But it's just because he's so tall, it doesn't look like he's running fast. Um, but he is. And of course, just before half-time, Harry Kane missed um, a golden opportunity, right? Raheem Sterling picks it up, runs at their defence, and then he kind of just falls to Harry, doesn't it? Because Raheem runs into a bit of a cul-de-sac, he gets tackled. In fair to Raheem, there's, there's five Germany players just descend on him. Um, but the ball sort of like bobbles to Kane and a confident Kane scores that all day. He takes a touch, trying to take it around Neuer. The touch is too hard and he gets tackled by Rudiger and another defender. But again, that's another chance that Kane puts away. And uh, people have been looking at, and I, I, I've just said it myself, about our defensive situation. 
the Jocks and the Welsh and the Irish have always saying, are you a lucky because Muller had the chance and so did Werner. But we've spoken about two chances here that we should have scored. So the, it, it swings and roundabouts, isn't it? But yeah, that Harry Kane chance, I think if that falls him against Ukraine, now he's got his goal, he scores that and the confident Harry Kane scores that. Yeah, possibly. I do think the ball were... The decision was made from him by the angle of the ball. More, more. I do think maybe the touch could have been a little bit softer, not giving mm. the defender a chance. But he's done right. He's tried to get shifted onto his right, but to have a proper shot rather than lashing at it. Yeah, um, I agree with that. That's one of them shots that when they do hit it first time, you're like, oh, he t- take a touch there, man. Yeah, it's too, touch, it's, it's just a bit it's too far in front of him to hit it first time, isn't it? So I do yeah. agree with taking the touch there. But yeah, the touch could have been a little bit better. Agreed, yeah, 100%. Second half, and that's when we turned it on, really. Um, turned came the screw. Looking, turned the screw, indeed. We came up better in the second half, but it was Germany who had the first chance through Havertz, and obviously you've already mentioned it, uh, the one where Pickford tips it over. It's, it was one of them at the time. I didn't... I worked too, When he hit it, I'm like, oh, it's too high, that. It's, it's a bit like when I'm watching cricket and it hits him above the pad. I'm like, nah, too high. And I thought, hey, it's going too high, that. It's, it's going too high, so... Mrs. was sat there and she went, oh, I'm like, nah, it's going, going to our that. Pickford had it anyway. But you look back at it, I think it probably is it in the in. bar. Yeah, I I'd think it probably is it in the bar, but that's what I'm going to say. Maybe barring in, maybe barring yeah. bounce, barring VAR, goal line technology, ref points at his watch and runs away sort of app. So again, a good save from Jordan. Yeah, what a save again. And it were really fast, that shot, weren't it? it, were, it Good effort. I like, I like Havertz. I like Havertz. And I don't say that about yeah. Chelsea players very often, but I, I do like Havertz. He's a very, very good player. It came at him. He had very little time to react. Um, strong hand. Got it tipped it over the bar. Uh, very good goalkeeper. Very good reaction saves. Um, we can say till we're blue in the face that it's only his feet that are keeping him in that England squad. But that was a very good goalkeeping save. Yeah, I th- I, like I said, I think we, I think now we can all we'll probably all have the debate again next year when he's had another shit season for Everton. Uh, but every time he puts that England shirt on, he, he never lets us down. So I now am not. I don't think I'll ever have, try and have that debate again. But let's get on to the goal because that's what's coming up next. So we pick it up through Kyle Walker who knocks it on. Uh, to Sterling, who picks the ball up, runs at the defenders, gets it to Harry Kane, who gets it to Grealish, who, by the way, was the game changer. We'll get on to that. He gets yeah. it out to Luke Shaw, ball in, Sterling, 1-0. There it is. Um, such a good goal. I've, I'm like you. I've I've dipped in and out. I watched it, had a few beers, a bit drunk after it. Um, so not really watched it too much. Uh, just watching our arts then. I didn't realise at the time because you, you're full of emotion, aren't you, when you're watching yeah, a game? Yeah. Like watching it there, that's such a good goal. Raheem Sterling does so well there because he, he, he picks the ball up, runs at him, and it, it, it it's, it's a good goal. It's, it's a very, very good team goal. And then the finish, I was obviously, people might say it's a tapping, but even then, the ball in from Shaw is, is good because it comes at pace and cuts all the defenders out. And then Raheem knocks it in. It's, it's such a good team goal, that. And I'm watching it again. I'm, I'm buzzing with it again. Very, very good goal from England. Do you know that like, when you say oh, it's a tapping? Do you know when we watch certain teams like Arsenal of, of old and you say they're trying to walk it into the net? They're trying to, that yeah. goal there is exactly what them teams are trying to do when they're dicking it about an edge at box. But we did it fast, effectively. And some of the players that you've mentioned there that was in the build-up, 
don't even get mentioned in our England teams, and they do. They deserve some serious credit. And I mean, Luke Shaw for one has had yeah. an unbelievable season, and he's looking very good at the minute. Um, yeah, Sterling doesn't get enough credit. He's he's been he's the top goal scorer, and you don't have easy chances at that level unless it's a defensive mistake. And there was no defensive mistakes there. That was just a brilliant goal by a brilliant movement. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. I mean. I'm a bit torn on Sterling because when he's on the ball, he loses it a lot. I know why he's in the team. He's in the team because of his off-the-ball movement and his pace. He drags us up the pitch. And then when he doesn't run into a cul-de-sac, he does what he does there and, and starts a goal. So I understand why he's in the team. And, of course, he scored three goals. Uh, some of my tweets, when I'm high on emotion, could be worded better when I'm talking about Raheem Sterling. But just looking at that then, I think it made me realise sort of like, why more like why people are, are singing his praises massively at the minute? Obviously, it's not just the three goals; he's doing stuff like that as well. Yes, yeah. he might have lost it eight times out of ten, but then when he doesn't lose it, the Harry Kane chance that he should have scored, and then that chance there. Um, but on the topic of Raheem Sterling, he then nearly fucks everything up by passing the ball the straight pass. to yeah Kai Havertz, who then puts it into Muller, and as a commentator shouted at the time. This commentator doesn't because I'm watching it on ITV highlights rather than the BBC. I, I will remember this for the rest of my life because he's running through on goal. He goes, Muller, England's nemesis. And it goes wide and he goes, but not, not today not or not this time or something <laughs> yeah. like that. And I was like, ah. But obviously at this point, the missus and the little boy got upstairs because when England scored, I went sick. You know what I mean? I shout and yeah. scream and I look like a child when, when Burnley and England score. Um, so little boys started crying. So them two went upstairs Either having a bath, and then I'm like, no, 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 that's Muller's from on goal. And then he missed, I'm like, yes. So then she shouts, he, he have we scored again? Shots, no, we haven't. It's it's that big of a celebration that he missed because I were adamant he was going to score. Oh, bless it. We were one of them shots where I wasn't convinced it was wide until it hit. Yeah, it, it, looked, it looked like it was going to nestle. That was the problem. It did. It 100% looked it looked in. in. It broke me when he hit that bit. And then it went in, it went past the keeper, and by my vision, it was in the net. And then all of a yeah. sudden, the commentator... It just boys, wasn't. The ball hit in the advertising boards. It was like you said, it was like a goal. It was it was ridiculous. How we missed that, oh. I don't know. And, and another... If you, he doesn't if, miss them. A, a, any play, if I could have chosen any German player to not be through on goal there, it would be Muller. <laughs> And I, he, he's, I don't know why he's. I don't know how he's put Pickford again has done very, very well. Let's give Pickford some credit there. He comes out and closes the angle down very, very yeah, well. Of course, the shot. But I still think Muller has to score that because Pickford can only do so much there. Do you know what's interesting? The best though, bit that, about that was Muller dropping to his knees. By the way, yeah, that was well. That was as the kids say, she straight. Oh, that were that were insane. When that, but when he went wide, right, and he dropped to his knees. I turned to the person next to me right, and I said, there's there's moments in a game when you're a fan and you go, that was a chance. Today is not our day. But, you, you know, you look at it and you think, we ain't getting anything today. That's We're fucking, we're done. But with English eyes watching that, we didn't think that. But I, I remember no, turning to the person no next to me. Oh, that that was said, my next point. I was going to say, I never say that. I'm like, well, we fucked it now because momentum, they've got momentum. That's yeah. it. But I remember thinking, and I said to, I turned to him next to me, and I said, "If we were German now, we'd be saying that's it, game over. We're not, we're nothing for us today." But again, as an English fan, 
even though it happened, I, you still just can't get your head in it. But I knew that if I took myself away from the emotion of this game and looked at it for a third hour, this game was destined to be an English win. It just was. Oh, I'm just watching him drop to his knees again. That's just sensational stuff. Sensational stuff. Um, of course, again, not long after that, we settled it. Uh, Luke Shaw has the ball in the middle of the park. Again, again and knocks it on to uh, another man who was a game changer. Uh, again, in Jack Grealish, who puts the ball in. One touch, bang. Kane Edda, thank you very much. And that will silence any idiots that have been saying that Harry Kane shouldn't be starting. I've seen some ridiculous shouts. And there's been one that's ridiculous that I'll tell you off air because the person will know that it's them who said it. And I don't want to say it because then they'll have a go at me. I've seen some ridiculous shouts. Some people have been calling for Dominic Calvert-Lewin to be in ahead of, ahead of Harry Kane. Now, I agree Dominic Calvert-Lewin is a good footballer, but he's not even in the same breath as Harry Kane. I don't care if Harry Kane didn't score all tournament. He'd still start for the final for me if we got there. He is that good of a player. But I'm so happy that he scored because he deserves it so much. He's such an ass guy. I've never met him, but he comes across as an ass guy. And he's a brilliant footballer. He's a brilliant finisher. I've said it time and time again. There's only two people that are in the same bracket when it comes to finishing chances at him and Lewandowski. And I'm happy he's finally got that goal because he deserved it. And I think now he'll he'll just he'll just go from strength to strength. Honestly, when he when he scored, like I said, I don't really know the guy, but when he scored that goal. And to watch him sliding on the floor when he celebrated, and I just I felt so buzzing. Not just because England scored, but it buzzing more as much equally. I'm dare say it. I was equally buzzing that it was Harry Kane as much as England scoring. I genuinely was that happy for him because if it was one nil, fair enough. I'd have been. I wouldn't care who, who it was that scored. But if you wanted anyone to get that second goal to seal it, you you wanted it to be Harry Kane. Everyone in the country must will admit that. But. Well, just go. I, I, I want to tell a quick story. But you said about how nice of a guy. I've, I've told you this story, but not obviously the listeners won't even know all this. But when I once went to the England camp and I went to cut air and I met all these superstars, and I'm in a room, and I swear to God, it's no bigger than my living room, and there's just people coming in, Henderson, Kane, you name it. They're all walking through this room and talking to each other, and everyone just goes, "All right, all right," and says, "All right," to me. And there was only two people in that room. That bear in mind they're coming for haircuts, so they all, you know, they're just saying hi to me. Came up to me and introduced themselves to me and shook my hand and said, I am it. And Harry Kane was one of them. And he's the biggest star that walked in that room. And he was the first person to come over to me out of about 10, 15 people that have been in at that time and said, I am it. Nice to meet you. My name's Harry. I'm like, yeah, yeah, my name's Simon, mate. Nice to meet you. <laughs> my name's Harry. <laughs> Oh, is it? Is it? Funny. Uh, I just want to tell that story because you just said that he seems a nice guy and it's little gestures like that that will stick with me for the rest of my life as what a guy because no one else did that at that point. And then the second person that did it to me, you'll know the answer, I think. I've I've told you the story, but I think you'll remember it. No one would ever guess it, but it was Fabian Delph. Yeah, I do remember you telling me that, yeah. And he was the only other person to the trips, Henderson, everyone like that, just walking in. All right, mate, all right, mate. But yeah, it was... He is a top, top guy from what little I have met of him, which is only about three or four times. Yeah, well, he, even the stuff you see of him, like he's, he's married to his childhood sweetheart and things like that, whereas obviously the majority yeah. of footballers get money and, you know, 
the rest is history. Uh, just little stuff like that. Like it, I just like, and then obviously the interview afterwards, the commentator says to him, "Sorry, the interviewer says to him, like, what does that feel like, Harry? You've just beaten England. Uh, sorry, just beaten. You've just beaten Germany at Wembley in the, in the Euros. You know, 1996, all them goals put to pass. Like, how does that feel? He just stops and he looks and he watches. He watches the crowd singing that sweet Caroline song, and he and he's welling up and he's like, oh, it's it's amazing." Like and most footballers have like like put got the shirt on back to front with the name there and all that bollock. He's just he's so, he seems like such a genuine guy, and he gets a lot of stick during Premier League seasons as well because he does that weird tackle where he puts his bum into people and everyone's like, "Oh, it's a disgrace! It's a disgrace!" Like we're a foreigner. He's he is. I, I really like Harry Kane like a lot. And 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 just going back to the goal again while we all start like stop like. You know, Hurricane show. I, yeah, I was going to say something rude then. I thought probably best not. Uh, kids listen to this. It's not an easy finish. It's a little bit behind him. He's got a crane in his neck. Yeah, he's, he's got a crane in his neck. It's a good, I'm not saying it's not a bad ball bag, really, because it's a good whip on it, but he's got a crane in his neck and everything. So, you know, it's, it's not an easy goal to score that, but obviously Harry Kane managed to get it, and thank God he did. Yeah, Muller were all at uh, Muller. What am I about? Neuer was all over Gaff trying to decide where that ball was going. As soon as it hit Harry Kane's end, uh, Neuer just threw his body. I don't think he had any idea where the ball was going, uh, and he nestled it perfectly in the corner. It was possibly the hardest chance he's had all Euros, and he put it away. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that. Obviously, Germany had another chance with Hazards, but it were an half and half chance. Not really going to go yeah. into it. Don't really care. Um, but that were it then. Uh, that were the quarterfinals. Obviously, England through, beat Germany. The ghost of 1996 put to bed. Happy days. We're into the quarterfinals. Uh, the quarterfinals, of course. We'll quickly predict them and look ahead to them. Uh, Switzerland, Spain is the first one. <sighs> I can't see anything other than a Spain win. I don't want to sound off because Switzerland have done very, very well to get to this stage. Um, but I'm still thinking, and, and I've not been overly impressed with Spain as well. And I think I predicted them to go out in the in the last round and they didn't. Um, but I, I don't know. I'm still thinking maybe 2-0 Spain here. I just think Switzerland, will, they'll have been on such a high and then they've got to then go again. And that can be very, very difficult mentally and physically. So I think Spain will just be like, right, they've got the different sort of mentality, like we're here, we're Spain, we know we've won it before, we can do it again. Whereas Spain have had their, sorry, Switzerland have had their cup final, they've had their moment. Uh, so I'm thinking here, Spain two, Switzerland nil. Yeah, I think you, you say it more than I say, but momentum being the thing in football... But this is, I believe, the furthest that Switzerland have got in a Euro uh, competition. So I do think, unfortunately, it might be the end of the road for them. Um, but not because Spain are overly that much better, but I just believe that the players are of a higher calibre than the Swiss players and you would expect them to get through this level. Yep, I agree with that. I would prefer it if Switzerland went through um, and then and then got through to the final. Um, when they play Belgium or Italy in the next round, well, that brings it on nicely uh, to Belgium versus Italy. Now, I've, I've already nailed my colours to the mast on this one. I, I'm thinking a, a Belgium win. I think there's going to be goals. I think it's going to be tense, though. I think it's going to be nil-nil at half-time, one of them sort of yep. games, and then and then, then Belgium turn the screw. Absolutely. I think I'm going to go I'm going to go 2-1 to Belgium. And we're 1-0 Belgium. So at least, at least we're on the same page in yeah. terms of a Belgian win. I do think it'll be tense. I just think the second half, it might open up a bit more. So I think both teams have very good attacking players. Absolutely, yeah. I think it probably should be a game of attacking options. But I think it starts getting nervy at this point and I, and I feel 
feel like looking at Belgium's previous, it should be a 1-0 to Belgium. Czech Republic, Denmark. This is the only one I'm going for a shot for. I, I, Belgium are a, Belgium. Denmark are a better side. They have better players. But I think after everything they've been through, there comes a time where I think they will burn out as well. And I think I think they're at that stage now where they're going to burn out. I think Czech Republic are going to win this 1-0 with another Schick goal. Be a good goal, but it'll be by Schick. I'm going Denmark. I think they're they're playing with something else at the minute, uh, and we all know what that is. But that that extra bit that you get um, against an average side, and I know they're an average side, but they've got a bit of a buzz about them at the minute, and they're wanting to win it for a, for a reason higher than just themselves. And I think that will take them through. Fair enough. And then, obviously, the big one, the one we're all shitting bricks about, the one we're all going to watch and hide behind the settee. Uh, Ukraine against England, and before before we get all emotional about it, because obviously on the day of the game, I'm going to be like, oh no, we're probably going to get beat, but we should be beating Ukraine, but as you said, it does get tense, and I'm probably looking at this through tense eyes again, whereas I don't with the Belgium-Italy game, uh, whereas with this one, I am looking at it with a little bit of tension inside me, I think Ukraine will be a, a defensive side to try and stop us, we don't suit teams that play defensively in our system, as we said earlier, but our system sort of like suiting the games where we're expected to be under a bit of pressure. Whereas in this game, we're expected to take the game to Ukraine. I don't think we'll take it to, and I think we'll stay as we are, as Southgate has done ever since while, you know, been under a lot of pressure from fans. I think we'll ultimately come through it, but I'm thinking, I'm thinking a one nil scrape late goal, maybe even extra time. I hope not. We, we should have enough to see him off. In 90 minutes, but I just think we'll be so tense. I'm thinking 1 0 England, just 1 0 England. I'm thinking 2 0 uh, England. I don't think it'll be um, emphatic. I don't think we're going to like tail 4 5 0, but I do expect us to have a lot more of the ball. I do expect us to be the more dominant side throughout. Well, hopefully, that Germany game has sort of like helped us grow a little bit yeah. and be more confident on the ball. I even think you might see some changes in this game. Well, fingers crossed one of them changes is Jack Grealish playing behind the front three. Uh, Mount could probably come back, to be fair, because Mount's been out of lacing now for, for a while. Saka, as, much, as well as he's played, every time that Grealish has come on for him, you know, we've looked a lot better going forward. So I do feel harsh on, on dropping Saka because he's come in for two games and had two very, very good performances. But Grealish is the key for me. He needs yeah. to be playing. And I, I understand if Southgate wants to bring him on when you know legs are tired because it's worked, hasn't it? I can't really complain about that anymore. And that's another thing I'm going to stop doing. I'm going to stop complaining about Southgate because maybe, just maybe, I'm wrong and he's right. I, I, I'm not convinced on that yet. We'll see. Um, but I'm just going to let him do his thing now. I would rather Grealish start, though, than come off the bench. I think... And I said this, I even said this to Tom Eaton, right, when he were at Villa at the time. No, he's not now, he's with us. Uh, and he was at Villa at the time. And I said, when we were selecting the squad, I said, you have to put Grealish in that squad. I said, it's players like Grealish that win you World Cups. And uh, we were just talking about football at the time. Because you have to have that special person that can just drag you through the game. Because everybody at that level is an elite footballer. They all know how to yeah. play the game. It's a game of chess yeah. at that level. But you need someone else who just goes who turns it into street football almost, um, because he's that just skillful and naturally gifted. And for me, he has to be in an England eleven every single game. But contradicting, that's what I said at the beginning of the tournament. 
contradicting that, he is an unbelievable asset to bring on at the 60th minute. He, he gets the crowd buzzing when you, when you, it was nil nil. And the crowd cheering, like, well, we're getting beat 2-0. Oh, it's about bloody time. You know what yeah. I mean? It, it was, he has this special thing that I haven't seen a player have since Beckham in an English shirt. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I'm i very big fan of Jack Green. Even, even, even his interviews afterwards, there were an interview oh, where the, inter- the interviewer was saying, like, well, obviously, a lot of people have been calling you f- to start, and then, but to be fair, it was a bit of a masterclass, wasn't it? Bringing you on, and then obviously you turn the screw, and we're in two nil, and he just looked so gormless while the commentator asking the question. He went, <laughs> "Yeah, it was a master plan," and I was laughing my head off. Whereas this time two years ago, when I thought he were a diving little prick, I'd be like, "Oh, why are you so gormless, you git?" But now he's turning it on for England. I'm nah. contradicting myself, and I absolutely love oh. him. Yeah, I mean, you'll remember I said it, didn't I? When when he came up from the championship, I'm like, this boy is special, mate. He's very good, and I'm thankfully now he's not just done it at the championship; he's doing it in the Premier League, and now he's doing it in the Euros. He is is a superstar. Yeah. So the semi-finals will take place if we get there during the week, and of course the final uh, at the weekend and the third place playoff. If there is one, I'm not sure if there is. Some competitions don't have them, uh, but of course, if you listen to this on Friday. Uh, the quarterfinals start today, but England play tomorrow on Saturday. Where are you watching it, Simon? Uh, oh, mate, are you coming here? I don't know yet. The cricket club, Lower House Cricket Club, was absolutely... But I could hear them from my house. Of course, I live near there now. And I had my windows, my back window open. Oh, I could hear afterwards the Three Lions, Vindaloo, World in Motion. I'm like, I need to be over there. I want to be at a party next time because I was sat here on my own. Well, not on my own, Mrs. Ray. But you know we had a class time. party here when you came last time. Yeah, that was when you had your shed. There's no shed. I know. Shed's out of action. still had a good do in here. I bought a soundbar and everything now for in here. That, that cricket club looks good. I'll see what cricket club are doing. Maybe you should get down there as well. Right. The benches on benches on outfield and everything, mate. You can get L Dog and um, Wes Dog down as well. Um, but that's it from us for this week. There will be one next week. Hopefully, there'll be, there'll be two next week, one before the final. There'll definitely be one after the quarterfinals. Um, whether we'll be in a good mood or a bad mood is another thing. Um, and then again, there'll be one after the semis. And then if we win, who knows, there might be one after the final. We'll probably be pissed for about a week uh, if we go on to do what we could do here. Uh, but that's it. Anything you want to add, Simon, before we go? Uh, just a quick good look to... Uh, uh, we might even get another podcast in before it even starts. But the I did Chris Woods there today and he's off to the Olympics on Sunday for New Zealand. So. Yeah, hopefully we'll definitely get one in well. before then, hopefully, because I think it starts early August, doesn't it, Olympics? Yeah, I'm not sure, yeah. but uh, yeah, good luck to him, and uh, I'm a New Zealand fan in the Olympics for the football, because I want to see Chris Wood do well. Yeah, of course, good luck, Woody. Did you know he uh, already scored for uh, in in the world in the Olympics? Um, I did not. Uh, I did, did he not score in 2016 by any chance? 2012. What, in London? In London against Egypt, and Mos Salah scored for Egypt as well. Interesting. Interesting. Tell me that today. There you go. That's a good fact. There you go. So thanks for coming on, Simon. Yeah, see you in a bit. I'll see you on COD in about five, ten minutes. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening. And we, there'll definitely be one next week. And they'll try and get in two next week if England progress to the semi finals. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you then.
Social Podcast Network. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates have already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Ornament delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.